Live from the meantime in Austin, Texas, this is the Sandlot Revolution Podcast. This is what a rambler sounds like. Delicious sparkling water made with our limestone mineral blend. This is what a rambler sounds like. Because Rambler gives back to the environment. Ramblers do it better. Visit RamblerSparklingWater.com to learn more. So legal counsel? Uh, I'd like to specialize in the unpracticed, <laughs> unlicensed practice of law. <laughs> Very sandlot. Of if, if air you, quotes if, on specializing and anything that follows. Exactly. Yeah. If, if you can be unlicensed for it, Lalo's up for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Architecture advice, doesn't matter. Um, well, here we go. We got Dave Mead, Texas Playboy, co-founder of Rambler Sparkling Water, our favorite favorite and devoted sponsor hydrating the world he's and bubbly we're doing what we can it's hot here in texas i'm having a Damn rambler hot. right now nice crispy and lauren lalo kirkpatrick who's an entrepreneur an artistic savant and texas playboy closer yeah i'm a, I'm a recovering entrepreneur hiding out in real estate it's Official line. I think if you're in real estate, you're an entrepreneur. Pretty much. Just for the, yeah. Um, scrappy. scrappy like Sandlot. Um, so we just started something last time. Uh, we had a, a guest that's a rapid fire, just to kind of get your, you know, your voices loose and, and just get some your <clears throat> brains going. And so uh, Brian Hood here with Daniel Northcott. Brian's going to ask you some questions he's got uh, got for you. I'm calling it quick draw. Uh, nine oh. inches. <laughs> wow. That's, that's my average bunt length. That's a big crayon. <laughs> all right, we're done here. Uh, all right, I'm going to go Dave. A couple to Dave first. Sure. Uh, you could have a cold beer with any historical figure. Who would it be? Oh, boy. Historical? Um, does Bill Murray count as historical? Absolutely. I love Bill Murray so much. Well done. Yeah. Uh, you walk into a convenience store, what does Dave Mead buy? Rambler. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. you got to move product, man. <laughs> Made right here in the good old U.S. Well, and, I, and I'm not kidding you. I actually do that, and I usually give it to somebody in the parking lot. Nice. That, that, that goes for me as well. I tend to buy Rambler at the most expensive place. Just to, you know. And I usually tell them, I thought I was buying a beer. I didn't have my glasses. Here's a Rambler. Not true. Lalo, you're going to prison for life, and I'm really sorry about that. You don't have to name the actual album, but you could take two albums with you to prison for life. Who are the artists? <laughs> uh, that's, don't that's name the cool. album, but you can only take two. What are the albums? <laughs> the artists. Uh, okay. Haromi Hasono, Tropical Dandy, and probably uh, uh, Jim O'Rourke, The Visitor. How did I know I was not going to know anything about these two albums? <laughs> and that's saying a lot for Dave Mead. Um, neither of those albums can be listened to on streaming services, so don't even bother. Love it. Or uh, confirmed in any publishing house anywhere in the world. You score your first NFL touchdown. What are you doing with the ball? Uh, I do like a Kenny Burroughs. Uh, Would you? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think Kenny Burroughs, uh, who was a famous uh, oiler receiver, and he started the first sort of. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. Charleston yeah. kind yeah, of. Yeah, kind of. Like, or not yeah. Charleston, what was that, the knee? Yeah, a little yeah knee, whatever you knee call slide, it. Yeah. Mad respect so. for Kenny Burroughs, but can we give it up for Earl Campbell? Yeah. Who, every time he got Earl. to the end zone, would act like he had just run a country mile and walk back. He'd hand the ball to the referee, walk back uh, to the sidelines. Usually to get another jersey. Yeah, right, right? Yeah. The original tearaway. You got to act like you've been there. Absolutely. My dad, that's the only thing my dad ever used to tell me. Act like you've been there. Yeah. For the record, you have two Houstonians here, so we're going right. to have a lot of Houstonians. For the record, Earl Campbell stole, uh, stole a slice of pie pizza from me one time at the Westlake uh, 5A High School Championship. Hopefully he winked at you when he took it. No, he just took it, dead eye, straight on, into the <laughs> eye. I was hungover. As, oh, my God, I was hungover. Early 20s, we got lazy, and we were going to ride the elevator up top. He got on. That's cool. Looked at me after we had stood in line for way too long to get this pizza to survive, mm -hmm. and just took it. He earned it. 
And you didn't Earl consider he taking wants. it back, did you? <laughs> did you get to taste any of his sausage? It's <laughs> pretty good. I used to cook on tailgate parties before horn games. I used to cook uh, on a little mini Weber grill. We'd warm the tortillas up on the – shut the hood of your truck and warm the tortillas up on top of the fan belt or whatever that's called. And we'd, we'd always buy Earl Campbell hot links or whatever they were called, those little – Campbell sausages, good stuff. Yum. Dave Mead, I know you got a huge library for this, but best live show ever. Oh, best live show ever. You know what? I actually remember, you know, maybe it wasn't the best live show, but um, just the, one of the first shows that actually comes to mind right now. I think Lauren might have been with me. Um, there were back to back Neil Young shows at the Bass Concert Hall back in the late 90s. Yeah, those were good. I mean, and it was just Neil Young on stage. Uh, with uh, an organ. The pipe organ. Pipe organ, and all of his guitars splayed around, and he just would play a song, and then he would get up, put a guitar down, pick up a different guitar, uh, and he did back-to-back nights, and we went to both shows, and just mind-blowing. Wow. She used to order just to watch her float across the floor. Actually, Yeah, he, he did that one that night. Yeah. Uh, what would you do with the football, Dave Mead, when you scored your first NFL I just told time? you, man. Earl Campbell all the way, baby. You got you to gotta hand it to the ref okay. and walk off like you've been there. Lalo, uh, what, how old were you? What grade were you, in you had, when you had your first crush on a teacher? Uh, I think that's probably my Spanish teacher, um, and that would have been sixth grade. Um, totally. And she definitely taught us what maracas were in Spanish. <laughs> Maracas, you got to roll that R. Yeah. Well, right. I w- needless to say, I wasn't focused on the lesson. My man. Uh, you like rap music? I do. Uh, I'm from Houston, the Ghetto Boys. How about best new hip-hop in the last decade? Uh, you know, I'm going to go with that, uh, <clears throat> that new, the Tribe Called Quest album. Thank, uh, I think you can leave it here. Like 20 tracks on it or something. Yeah, that, that, that's a great one. Um, and then I, I'm sort of like going back to uh, older hip-hop that I missed, and I really like Main Source. That's just a really great album. I don't know that. I don't know that. I'll check one. it out. Can I Spotify them? Yeah, I think I think that one is available okay. for streaming. All right, good. Hey, can I take that question, please? Um, has anybody heard um, Eminem's "Mom's Spaghetti"? Yeah. Anyway, look it up. Good. It's a remix of uh, of one of Eminem's tunes, um, and it's it's about spaghetti. And, and he opened a spaghetti shop. In Detroit. Did you know that? Is that right? Yeah. Oh. It's called Mom's Spaghetti. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah. Swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> it makes there me have it. It makes that me think of, uh, of uh, Will Ferrell on the couch in Wedding Crashers. Mom, the meatloaf. We want it now. Anyway. All right. Last question. Um, Dave, describe mm-hmm. your, your best friend. Not just necessarily the person, but your characteristics, your, your best pal, he or she or... Oh, boy. Um, You know, I would say um, I tend to uh, gravitate toward people who are uh, lighthearted and funny um, and kind. I mean, who doesn't want to hang out with somebody like that? Um, Thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. And Lauren. Lauren is one of those. (laughs) I've I've been knowing Lauren for a minute, like since uh, I think we met toward the end of college. Um, Yeah, around 94-ish. Yeah. Yeah, I graduated UT in 93, so I, th- I think I met you around graduation. Yeah, Dave was a uh, Texas cowboy. Oh, he fired his cannon. Nice. <laughs> I did. I fired the cannon. Weren't you a Silver Spur? GDI. I was. I was a Silver Spur. Uh, I, was, I was an independent. Yeah, GDI. Got and what fraternity were you in? Uh, I believe it's called Phi Gamma Delta. Okay. Good memory. <laughs> I, went to some of your par- I went to some of your parties. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, so you had fun. You I was ha- social chairman. I hope you had a great time. I also read Texas Monthly. Yeah, that was. Yeah. That was Lauren was in Texas Monthly in college. Did y'all know that? No, what was he in? No, Texas? I was smart enough. To oh, that stay was Odom. Out of, yeah, All right. No, we have another friend who ended up in Texas Monthly. Who did a? They did a story on the fraternity uh, scene and culture at the yeah, University of Texas. Are they out of control? Answer: Yes. Are they out of control? And then they just posted a bunch of photos. Yeah. Uh, somebody went in. I think under the radar. Um, I'm not sure who thought that was a good idea to be like, oh, let's bring the Texas Monthly article. Uh, writer to just to do a little yeah, so expose they, for a whole week. Yeah, they they allowed they allowed a Texas Monthly Christmas writer and photographer party. to come in and oh document and don't run for office. It was a bad move. Don't drink the punch. <laughs> so you handled Bevo. Um, 
I was not a handler. There are four handlers that are responsible for that, but I did have to go collect him from a field one time, and that is not as simple as you think. Uh, he treed me, um, and I almost got a little, little pork from one of those large horns. But uh, yeah, that yeah, sounds like I can tell you more about activity. it, but it's kind of secret. <laughs> I bet you got a few secret stories that you'd have to kill people. There's, there's a fair amount of stories that we will not hear today. If you weren't a handler, what was your position? I was a social chairman. I've been a Longhorn fan all my life. Finished a few years after you guys, and I don't know the answer to this, but I assume all Bevos uh, have their testicles. Is that true? I don't know this. Um, You know, I never got that close. I think uh, they do, you know, because they are valuable to breed. Um, But, yeah. Bulls, not steers, I don't know. Yeah. The handlers are the one that, that milk milk bevos. <laughs> On that. <laughs> so I've got one for you just to extend it. Uh, Dave, start with you. Who's your favorite playboy? Oh, man. I mean, I this would be too much if I threw this at Lauren as well. <laughs> I mean, this is too much about Lauren Kirkpatrick. But, um, I mean... It's also hard not to give it up for Jack Sanders. I mean, come on. He's, yeah. he's the, he's, he is, he's the godfather of Sandlot. He's the reason why we're all here. Um, and he's just, uh, he's a freaking renaissance man. And I, I love the guy. I love, I love his, um, uh, I, he's, he's a family man. He's artistic. Um, he's a nice guy. Um, he's, uh, he's intelligent. Uh, he's, He's, um, you know, he's a great conversation. He can hit the shit out of a baseball. Uh, and he's our leader. He's our fearless leader. And, and um, we wouldn't be here without him. Well said. Lalo? Uh, I like the way he embodies the, the Lorenzian effect. Um, and that really is the essence of why we're here. Um, not not Lauren, but the Lorenzian effect of, uh, you know, if one <clears throat> butterfly or one bunt or one baseball or one idea happens here, it, it can germinate and spread all over. And so Jack is sort of like the initial butterfly wings that really blossomed and opened up this whole Sandlot re- revolution. So, yeah, I mean, a lot, lot of love there. I mean, I really enjoy Robbie Gay, but for reasons that are <laughs> um, of my own pleasure. <laughs> um I really enjoy. Um, that's funny because that's funny because Howard called that one an hour ago. <laughs> um, I, I get a lot of delight from uh, working Robbie Gay. You push uh, his buttons. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, but I'm trying to refrain from it. Yeah. What is it about Robbie that you you know that that draws you to him? Um, you know, there's just a uh, well, you know, the, his bucolic sort of rural aesthetic. It, you know, wrapped up in this extremely artistic and creative person um, is, is quite a paradox. And um, I love to pull the strings and sort of unwrap that paradox a little bit. Um, but, you know, like, I'll just randomly ask him if, you know, well, I, I shouldn't say it here, but uh, he got pretty upset last time. But I just asked you him. You should if, actually say it here. Yeah, I was just, I remember asking one time. You'll never I, hear this. Yeah. <laughs> If, uh, you know, somebody in a Trans Am had ever come to his house to pick up his sister, and uh, apparently that was something I shouldn't, Off have, shouldn't have asked. <laughs> so I, I like to find new and interesting ways. Apparently to that was spot on. Yeah. I'd like Trans Am. Someone had, and it wasn't a good thing. But, um, but yeah, I try to keep it, keep it away from the family. Nice. I wonder what year the Trans Am was. Because that says a lot about a it person. Was 88. Mm. Wow. The Trans Am so a good ten year old Trans Am. Yeah. We are talking about Alabama. Yeah. Trans Ams have T tops or is that just high rocks? <clears throat> late seventies they did. Uh, the uh, late seventies, early eighties had the T tops. It's a lot of intel. Were you the person that picked up? <laughs> <laughs> he said eighty eight. Um I want to get into your business interests, and uh, they seem quite diverse, um, Lalo. 
Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Some of your different ideas and stuff like that. Um, yeah. What can Are you, you talking about the dream cloud, Luber, that sort of stuff? Yeah. Um, I have a little pastime of, uh, creating new businesses during South by Southwest. Um, because there's a lot of venture capitalists in town that are super eager to hear the latest and new ideas. And I'm happy to, uh, take advantage of that. Um, so Luber was kind of a, you know, an idea that I had that, that combined uh, a dating service and uh, a ride share. And we, <clears throat> the idea was that, um, you know, we can, we can get you off the street. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want. It's all about punctuation and grammar. Yeah. Um, and so it would match people up by like, you know, what late night places they wanted to go when they were drunk and, you know, match them up in the car. And then that sort of fed a whole nother idea about the dream cloud. You know, like when you're at South by Southwest, it's like, do you have a wristband? Do you have an ID? And so we thought it would be <clears throat> make a lot of sense to um, have a way to like, you know, provide your DNA um, to show someone who you were. And so then it was like, well, how do you do that? Well, you need to upload it into the cloud. And that's where the dream cloud came, came from. And so we had, um, part of a sort of a platform technology, uh, with Luber was this, uh, pods that would be in the, the Luber car. And those are, uh, people who onboard DNA. Uh, okay. <laughs> is this web three or is this, <laughs> this is web minus Minus three. You you said we. Is there a hamster in your pocket, or do you have a business <laughs> partner on this? It's my evil silent partner. <laughs> um, so imagine. yeah, we're still working on that. But yeah, the idea that you could sequence your DNA um, and have people who could onboard that DNA seems like a really good way to get around some legal op- obstacles to uh, you know normal DNA exchange. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, I haven't monetized any of these yet, but there's there's time. I mean, it sounds very similar to the Rambler concept. Well, f- uh, <laughs> way backing up, first step: Have you secured the URLs for these? Oddly enough, I discovered that Luber L U B E R dot com is owned by the Dallas Cowboy Football Fans Association. So I'm not <laughs> sure how or you what would that think means, it would be the old. You would think it would have been the Oilers. As they say, yeah, anybody who... <laughs> Shouldn't the Oilers uh, yeah. own that? Anything that you think of has been thought of before, yeah. you know. The Oilers let it go, the Cowboys grabbed it. Yeah. Just I think I'll, I'll, I'll think on a minute uh, other other little crazy ideas that we, we've had. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, tell us a little bit about Rambler. What's going on? How, how are you doing? How's, how's it going? It seems like Man, it's going gangbusters. I we feel love like I feel like we're doing really well right now, and I, I'm I'm uh, I've got more confidence right now that that we're we're, we're doing things um, we're doing things right, and and we're going to be here to stay. I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said that when we launched this thing, um, you know that 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 it was going to be a, that I thought it was going to be a slam dunk, but. We entered a really, really uh, crowded space, um, and you know, if, if if I, if you ask me what the inspiration was, it was Topo Chico. Um, we were drinking a lot of Topo Chico. We loved the fact that it was a mineral water and not just a purified water, um, and you know, the carbonation. We felt like there was a space where uh, for for folks who didn't want quite so much carbonation, um, but we also recognized, and what we mainly recognized was that we needed there were needed to be a Texas option there needed to be an american-made sparkling water made in texas um you know from austin texas um that was uh, a mineral water uh that was sodium free uh, because we also felt like that there was you know topo chico's got a lot of sodium and that that would could be a differentiator for us um a smaller sharper bubble but more than anything i shouldn't say more than anything but you know i'd I'd say equally as important to creating like a really great tasting mineral water that was comparable to topo chico was being sustainable and having a conservation effort. Because I feel like right now it's like, you know, shit's getting crazy in the world right now. And we, and we all need to be doing more and we need to be doing something to, to you know, leave this place a little better than we found it. Um, and so we decided that we weren't going to be another water on the shelf, that we were going to have a conservation program. So um, we partnered up with Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation 
Um, we created a great tasting mineral water. We put it in an aluminum can, which is infinitely more recyclable than a glass bottle. Plus, it stacks better, you know, easier in your cooler. You can have it in the dugout. You can have it by the swimming pool. You can take it to the beach. You can go camping with it. Um, so there's just so many more reasons to do aluminum. Um, so we created a product that we're really proud of. Um, and, um, you know, so I, it, I, it's starting to take off. But we entered, we entered a space where there was Topo Chico. There was Richard's Rainwater. There was Waterloo. There was Big Swig. There was and then all the national brands that everybody knows, the LaCroix and Perrier and San Pellegrino. So we entered a, a really crowded space, but we just felt like that we had a better product and we had something that no one else had, which was a truly sustainable product with a conservation pro- uh, program. And so it started to take off and we, enter, in, we introduced lemon, lime and grapefruit because we felt like, you know what, we're just going to go straight to Topo Chico and, and unapologetically. And so we did lemon, lime and grapefruit, which also make the best two mixers. Um, so we now have retailers all over the country. Um, and uh, so it's we're, like every month we're breaking records in terms of sales. And so it's starting to take off. Um, and every day somebody tells me, holy shit, you guys are doing it. I see you guys everywhere. And so that feels good because it's now, now we're in a place where, where I'm not having to explain daily to somebody what Rambler is and where you can find it. Now I've got people coming to me saying, holy shit, you guys are doing it. Um, and I love your product. So, um, so that's where we are. We've got a long ways to go, but, uh, I just feel really proud that we've created something that, you know, we just threw ourselves at it. Uh, at it, I, I quit um, a photography career. I haven't shot my camera in four years, um, and uh, so no turning back. We're just we're throwing everything at it, and it seems to be working. You, you've been hustling your ass off. I've seen, I've watched you over the years, and congratulations. Uh, and the one thing y'all were missing was affiliation with the podcast. And um, yeah, you know, now that you have that, you know, well in your way. Proud to be here. Uh, seriously, though, my wife uh, made the comment after you after our very first invite. And long-time events, when you stack the buckets over by our dugout filled with Rambler, um, you know, she's tried them all, and she said, this is the first one that I, I, doesn't give me heartburn. Yeah. So put that on, use that right as on. a label. Right. It, it is yeah. a diuretic, so you will be going to the bathroom pretty quickly. It's also an aphrodisiac. Nice. Yeah, it's a lot of things. Rambler sparkling water. <laughs> Have you considered sponsoring my buddy's new upstart called Luber? Uh, we would. We would like to feature those in the back seat next to the lotion. I have an idea for koozies because we got we to wrap those cans, baby. I like next that. Next to the lotion. <laughs> y'all, y'all got a lot of work you can do together. Sure. Um, Soft so, hands, you see that? So Ryan Hood just threw me a Rambler sparkling water, and the, the, the throw and the catch it's all very sandlot. Dave never drops. They used to call me hands, hands Hood in high school, so I recognize Soft Hands, baby. Good in the hood. No, they didn't. So both of you all are Playboys and got to cover a little bit of uh, how y'all got involved with Playboys and what that was like. Um, you were both on the original squad that went to New Bern, Alabama. I'm pretty sure I was at the very first um, play date with Jack, and it actually was at the same park. I believe it's uh, Mayfield Park where Eeyore's birthday was also founded near the UT Law School. And uh, another friend of ours um, who actually pitched at LSU, maybe, maybe not, um, but at least had a jersey and sort of a pedigree and and is a good athlete. Um, Jack was like, hey, I want to form this team. And and he was like, you you got to call Lalo. And I was laughing with Jack about this uh, the other day. So I haven't played baseball since maybe Little Leagues. I think I peaked out at ninth grade. And I was always a a third-teamer, kind of a chatterbox, which you're all familiar with. We're out for a long time. Um, And I love team sports. So uh, I'm like, sure, you know, I'll go out there. Um, Movie director's attached to the team. It's sort of a waiting for Guffman. Um, sort of approach here of like, hey, there's a really famous director that you know, probably directed Slacker, and he's he's going to be on the team, and so you need to get involved in this. Like, love the film, love the idea, I'm in. So I go over there, and I think Jack was extremely disappointed with my athletic ability <laughs> and just inability to really catch and throw at that time. But the three of us um, 
I had a good time, and, and I think, uh, you know, I was used uh, effectively to sort of um, be sort of a mascot and, and bring some some levity to it. Um, I think Jack was had a more of a mind of a, of a truly athletic sort of club, and I definitely you know, put the kibosh on that. And we put and the, the social and pleasure became more of the, the directive than, than the winning. You're um, definitely Sandlot. You know. Maybe you're the true godfather of Sandlot. No, no, I'm just a... Uh, I just, I'm the second butterfly. <laughs> My name is Lauren, but, but so a, I'm But an important good. butterfly, yeah. nonetheless. Yeah. Now who's I, the, I'm the top butterfly, by the way. Who is the <laughs> other one, the, uh, the third person that you haven't mentioned? Uh, that would be uh, Joa Mascarena. And Dave, how about you? Um, you know, I honestly don't remember uh, if Jack called me or how I got... The invite to go play catch with Jack and Lauren and Mascarenas. Yeah, I would, I'm, I'm I, sure I would have reached out to you as well. I, I don't, I don't remember, um, but I do know that I was, um, you know, a, a part of the original squad that made the uh, the first trip to Newburn, Alabama. Um, I was really excited about it, as I think we all were, because you know we had never. This was also new to us that we all just decided, holy shit, man, we're gonna. We're gonna play some baseball, and we're gonna and we're gonna go up to Alabama. We're gonna play this team that's that um, that's uh, you know it's an eighty year old uh, club, a team that had been playing on the same field uh, since what the late eighteen hundreds, and like like yeah, Satchel, like vest- yeah vestiges of the old and, uh, of the old Negro League barnstorming, yeah. and so the whole idea of barnstorming was was really fascinating that you pick up and collect everybody, and, yeah. and, and, it, and drive through, and it was sort of match the Chitlin circuit. Um, so that was super interesting yeah, for and me. I don't think any of us really knew, like, what speed to play. And, you know, we, we, we knew that we wanted to have fun doing this and that, we, that this wasn't going to be, like, super competitive and that we should have fun doing it. But I don't think we really knew until we got there and then, and then we kind of all just kind of settled in and figured out, um, you know, what, San, what Sandlot truly meant. Um, we got destroyed in that first game, and it was, like, uh, 20 to 2 or something. I don't know. I have a photograph of the of the scoreboard. I have to dig it up, but it was we got we got destroyed. And did you both get injured? I heard there were a lot of injuries that first game. I actually had a hit, probably my best hit of my entire career. You know, I I don't remember how I did at the plate. I do know that I pitched and caught, and I I <laughs> I, I would be not at the same time, but I do I do that think, was after the game. And I have a. <laughs> I have a uh, I have a torn labrum that I'm still kind of pitching through at, at about 47 miles an hour because I'm an idiot and I can't stop doing this, um, and I, I actually think it's possible that I probably tore it in that first game, probably trying to throw too hard and and like playing like an idiot, um, and so for what was that six, 15, 16 years ago? How, how long have we been doing this? 2006. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not a math guy, but whatever that is, that's a long time, um, and I I. I think I probably um, tore my labrum in that first game, and I've been playing through it since. Yeah. And, and the scene that they created, it, where, I mean, the whole community coming out, uh, a giant catfish fry, um, every sort of tricked-out car um, was there. It was just in a, a complete scene. Yeah. It was like nothing we'd ever experienced. It was cool. So, us, and and really, that's, that's why we came – Back and decided that this wasn't just going to be a one-off game. That we're going to come back and uh, and see if we could find some teams to play. And then we started playing these young teams around town, these like city league teams that were all you know kids fresh out of high school and college, and we're just mashing the ball and Pretty aggro, near yeah guys. near fights. Um, and so and we just decided, man, this is not the speed in which we want to play. This is not Sandlot. And so that's when the Hard Narrows formed a team, and we played them almost exclusively for a little while, right? Because they were the only other Sandlot quote-unquote Sandlot team um and then from there it took off but um you know I think that's when we kind of like found our found our our pace uh was when the Harden Arrows formed a team and then and then we just kind of kind of settled in and figured out how fast you need to be pitching um how hard you need to be running um I can't remember what they're like the generals to our Harlem Globetrotters Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Probably well wasn't it Marfa was first weren't they because there was a trip, oh, was the trip to Marfa. I mean, it's been 15 years or so of Trans Pecos. 
And I think it's, I think it last year was the 15th year. And we played them every year. I think they that, might that have even right. been the yeah. first mm. okay. team, but they were inaccessible <laughs> to yeah. us. So, um, Which is very Sandlot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's another team. There's too far to go play. <laughs> yeah. Give it up for Marfa. I, 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 that, 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 I mean, another, another so butterfly fun. effect. I mean, that yeah. game sort of spawned an entire festival and, right. you know, camping situation. Obviously, that was not our doing. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely Jack was, was very affiliated with that, but that was something that uh, it's nice to see uh, sort of the footprints yeah, where no, we've that, been and, that, you know, they become permanent. That Playboy's um, – Yonke Gallo's game is as, as much of that Trans-Pecos weekend as the music. I mean, that's a that's a that's a big part of it for the first couple of innings. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> right. at the end of the game, it's just Playboys and yeah. Gallo's. Yeah, that's fun. Circle back real fast, Lalo. Tell us about that hit. So yeah, I'm more of a bunter, um, a legendary Playboys bunter. You know, I'm, I'm about 25% success rate on that. I'll take it. Um, no, just uh, in, I, th- I believe uh, Washington Didaway was yeah. was pitching, a 60-year-old uh, minister um, who definitely has game um, and definitely talks the whole time. and uh, Smokes the whole time, too, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Didn't Amy Smoker. Cook strike him out? Um, might have. I th- yeah, Amy struck out Didaway. Um, I think it was Didaway, one of their heavy hitters, uh, and he the entire dugout just erupted. They they gave him so much shit for that. She she was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and she said, "Yeah, she said the guy just kept yelling, it dropped late, it <laughs> dropped late. <laughs> that was the point." <laughs> but yeah, no, I got it over the left fielder's head, and at that field, once it goes, it it sort of goes. Well, because in the in the outfield, it actually goes downhill. Like I have some photographs. So I I logged my it was I was a shooter at the time I logged my camera I got some some uh, action shots and my father uh, my mom dad my mom and dad made the trip and my dad was also a photographer and he had a lot of shots and the the shots of the outfielders you can only see them from like the knees up um, so <laughs> knees down you there the 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 outfield sloped off so hard uh, that yeah Lawrence Ball probably yeah rolled, that was so cool that Charles came he was a big big fan obviously of Dave's sporting career but just Kept what store. a gentle yeah. soul yeah. And, and took pictures. I, I really enjoyed, uh, I, I remember this specifically, uh, climbing up, I believe it was maybe an old fire tower or maybe an art piece. I'm not sure. But, oh, uh, right. It was quite a, quite a haul up there. Oh, yeah. And uh, I remember walking up with your mom yeah. and, and him. Yeah, my mom had cancer at the time, and they made the trip, and we walked to the very top of that, that, uh, that tower. Um, yeah, very cool of them to make the trip. That was a long drive. But they, they were very supportive of all my sports interests. And, um, I mean, I told them I had a baseball game in Alabama, and they were like, well, shit, give us the address. We'll be there. <laughs> Crazy. I'm, I'm just realizing how um, outnumbered I am by Playboys. I feel like a penthouse magazine or something. <laughs> um, I'm curious from you guys who have been doing this for so long, and thank you for uh, initiating it and doing it so long. What's it like? I mean, 100 plus teams across the country now. Austin's the largest with 13. Uh, we've been in it five years. What's it like? And be honest, you know, what's it like having all these teams pop up? Is it, you know, you guys had a. It, it's fun for me sometimes to go to not play the long time, and to go play Goval, and for it to be just not a ton of people in the in the stands, and just to have a baseball game. You guys don't ever get that anymore. No, no, we still do, uh, and it's it's quite a transition when we play at uh, Govalle, um, which we have a game Friday, that used to be our sort of home field. Um, and now those are sort of off games and it, they're looser. They're fun. They're fun. There's more playing time because I think we're up to, I think we have what, 350 Playboys now? Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, sort of a dues financial well, and, thing. but And those Friday night games, that used to be a social gathering because it's all we had when we, before we had the long time uh, and I used to help Jack run our social, like we would announce the games, we'd have live music before the neighborhood shut it down. But I mean, we even had, a, we even had uh, um, the Cold Irons play a show one time where they, they, they brought amps and they plugged in and we had kegs and we had there. I, I remember a Friday night or two where we may have had two or 300 people there. It was a, it was a party. 
Um, I remember when my mom tried to uh, wash one of the Los Dos singers' mouth out with oh my soap. God. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. That's her I signature remember. move. So, th- so those, those Friday Night Lights games used to be our longtime games. And so there was a social gathering. There was live music. There were kids and dogs running around. They were packed. Um, and I, I actually miss those Friday Night um, Lights games. Um, I mean, I, there's nothing like a, a Saturday afternoon at the long time. Um, but, you know, so now, like, if we play a Friday night game, it's just it's nostalgic for us, and it's fun to go out there and, um, and be under those lights. And, and we actually have to play defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we have a fence that's yeah. not uh, quite the short porch that the long time A little is. bit different from the long time arena a ball. A little more running. Not as much running as that Dallas game. My gosh, those guys could hit every gap. And, the, and that was a big field we Horse played on. stick, maybe, yeah. yeah. I think Jack White was at that game. He was. Um, how about from a philanthropic standpoint, you guys, um, San, this is a platform, Sandlot Revolution, this podcast, um, we're helping create awareness about Sandlot Baseball or the unofficial non-governing body of Sandlot as, as we've coined it. And whatever we can, this is a platform for us to, whether it be mental health or uh, career advice or just brotherhood or, and, and Giving back is a big piece of it, and whether a team chooses to adopt a charity or a local fire station or what have you. And you guys have exemplified that with, you know, your political involvement, right, getting folks out to vote. You've, um, you know, Jack's, Jack's got the Little League team that he's, that he's started out there for folks that may not get to play Little League otherwise. Any advice or any opinion or stance on to help others, new teams developing, what have you, on is it worth it to just come out and play baseball or – how much more? It, how how much better it feels to give back to, to whatever it means for your team to give back, or and whoever that. I, I'll take this. Just since last Saturday was sort of my first, uh, you know, charity leadership role, um, and that was something that Jack came up with. Was um, you know, I think it kind of switched from how to, how to not not necessarily monetize this, but there became an element where things were sold and there was some money that that was sort of help you know underwriting this because I mean I have no idea how Jack's books work but he spent a lot of time and a lot of money making the long time as awesome and as special mm-hmm. as, as it is right. and so what we noticed is um, and really hats off to Jack on this um, is that a lot of people were coming and uh, were willing to pay a donation a cover you know kind of a cover charge to watch it to sort of offset expenses and that sort of morphed. I think it really kind of started um, maybe with a political awareness of, of raising money for candidates that people thought um, could change Texas. And, um, and it started from the idea that the Newburn uh, Club used to raise money for right, burials yeah, for, and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, for their for their um, just for the community, and, and that really was it was a it was a place. Um, for people to get together and and learn about the community and learn how they could help and get involved and so we've sort of turbocharged that into where um, team members select an organization that a nonprofit um, that they want to support and we kind of have that they are the the lead of that of that weekend and so i was super honored to get the opportunity to promote um, the trinity center where i volunteer at the the homeless shelter here in Austin, and uh, we had a game last week in, in their honor, um, and so we've had a lot of generous donations uh, to accommodate raffle uh, and door prizes that, that encourage people to come out and give, you know, thanks to our sponsors, Yeti. Tito's, a, is yeah, Tito's been has been, has been maybe, matching. Maybe Rambler. Rambler. Yeah, Rambler, for I sure. That. Um, the whiskey sponsor kind of flows in and out but um, but this year it's still know, austin still, still austin up. is yeah and, and some others you know i'd be remiss not to Love give a shout out. out to my nine banded whiskey folks um they're, they're struggling to make it happen but you know still austin is our is our boy so we love them um so yeah it, it's just amazing overflowing of gratitude and and people learning about it i mean we somehow raised ten thousand dollars for the homeless center and every dollar that people Amazing. give goes directly to the homeless center and you know i see firsthand um, i'm sort of the male guy there uh, which is a really big deal for people that don't have a 
place to live, a place to, to receive mail, um, you know, that money is going to go a long, long way to providing meals. And we also, the team, I was just kind of overwhelmed. I sent an email out saying, hey, bring socks, underwear, and, and toiletries just on our own email. And I think we, you know, had like $2,000 worth of, of that stuff. And I was there on Monday giving it out. So it, it feels really, really great. I'm super honored um, that Jack and everybody allowed me to just kind of run with it um, and, and that we have our sponsors that support it and make it happen. So, yeah, it's, it's really cool. So, yeah, would, would I recommend teams do it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every dollar raised for something that means something to your little informal community is a dollar they don't have. So it doesn't have to be, you know, super successful. Um, but the feeling of, of giving back to the community, doing something that we love is, you know, etcho. It's incredible, and and thank you for spearheading that on on Saturday. That was that was a good feeling, and and maybe the only for me personally, and I can't speak for everybody, but you know, Sandlot is incredible. The fact that we get to play ball, and thank you, founding Playboys for that, because uh, I joined the game a little bit later on. But uh, maybe the only thing better than Sandlot and the freedom of Sandlot and the mental and spiritual aspect of all of that is what we get to do for the community. Like, you know, I like to go out there and work the field with Jack, and um, we were chatting about that the other day. It's like, I was telling my wife, it's like, I felt like this is community service because it's not about what I'm doing. It's about what we're all doing, and every little thing matters, and at the end of the day, it all adds up, and it's so big for the community. So thank you for that, and for me, that's, that keeps it driving. Like, it's incredible. Yeah, we, we now have a purpose. I mean, in the beginning, you know, it was all because we, we loved baseball. Uh, we loved the idea of getting together on a Friday night and playing baseball and then going and have beers afterwards. Um, and it took us a minute to really kind of settle in and, and find a real purpose. Um, and it's funny thinking back on, you know, helping Jack with social media and, and having control over the Playboy's Instagram account. Um, when I think back on, like, what we were posting in terms of, like, every Friday night I was out there, you know, Playing, but also running around trying to get photographs uh, and posting, you know, about who we were playing and like what the final score was. Well, nobody gives a shit what the final score is now, um, nor do we ever even announce it. Um, it's more about now, like um, how we're supporting the community. And every game has, um, you know, there, there's a purpose and, and there's uh, somebody, uh, some organization in which we're, we're trying to help. And we all have social media, not all of us, but most of us are on social media and we all have a voice and we've all got a social platform. And so it's amplified. Um, and so it feels really good to be a part of something that's super cool where we can run around, put on a baseball uniform and act like kids, but at the same time help the community. So um, anyway, I'm, I'm really proud like how we've, how this team and how the Sandlot revolution has evolved and how it's now about having fun, but also giving back at the same time. Absolutely. And, and that just made me uh, remember that you, Dave Mead, were the first person ever to put a hashtag Sandlot Revolution in Instagram. Oh, did I? In Instagram. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And so well, I, I looked back to see where it started, and you were the first one to, to hashtag it. In, yeah, this uh, guy's a mar marketing fountainhead. How many, well, how many businesses have you? Uh, I just, I, I'm for? just wondering how many beers I'd had that night. Uh, to come up with that in the dugout. Enough. Know. You had enough beers. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and that is not a Rambler. That is a what? What is that? Lone Star. That's a Lone Star beer, beer for Howard Carey. Lone Star. Well, thank you so much for asking about the barnstorming process. Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. Uh, how, how did that all start? Well, um, since you brought it up... <laughs> We had a, a, an annual black tie sandlot b banquet. Um, and in that process, after going to New Bern, we sort of opened it up to each team member would create a presentation at this banquet to determine where our next game would be. And the beauty of that is usually it's all random by whoever the player is. Um, there was not a team that existed in these places. And that was um, that was a great catalyst for us to reach out to people to create teams. 
and that's sort of like how the the sort of Lorenzian effect happened of us reaching out to like, hey, we really want to play a game in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, having friends that live there, I believe Dave's brother-in-law and in-laws live there and reached out to them and, you know, sold them on it. They created a team. and The uh, po'boys. The po'boys. Um, and so that and, – and the Houston Sugar is a team where I reached out to some people of like, hey, we really want to play in Houston or Galveston. So, you know, we'll challenge you guys to form a team. And so that has been one of the great joys, even though I've never won a barnstorm – well, it's kind of become expected that Lauren will always present and he will never win. Yeah. And, and there's a always, lot of... It is I, always... I feel, a, like, I feel like Donald Trump here. The elections are rigged. <laughs> every well, they time. Kind of, they kind of should be. It's like, you know, I mean, and, and I'm not saying elections should be rigged. They absolutely should not. But it, it should be that that we, we've, we've come to expect that Lauren is going to present and it's going to be hysterical. It's going to bring down the house. That's It's actually the highlight of every banquet. But what's and, and part of what's so funny and hysterical about it is that we know he's not going to win. <laughs> yeah, and and to be fair, there are always trips you want to take. Yeah, but, but they're always but, ridiculous. But so North we, Korea was going to be expensive. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, but you know, the so there was also an island, the what, Penis what, what Museum. It? That was Japan. The island. Oh, Japan. Yeah, we were going to yeah. go to Japan, North Japan, Korea, Korea, uh, Mexico City. Yep. Uh, yeah, Overshoot Island down in South Padre. Boys Town was in there, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that made it. Uh, Burning Man. Burning Man, yeah, I remember still, that Still want to make that happen. <laughs> uh, what, other, what other ones have I lost? One of these days, Lauren. Don't, yeah. don't give up the dream. So this week is a game against Jack White and War Stick. He's coming to town to play a little baseball. Uh, we've all gotten a chance to play him before. Um, Very strong team. Strong team, yeah. Talented. Yeah. And nice uniforms. Those uniforms are stellar. Yeah. And he's not bad, you know. He's, he's, he does a pretty good job over he's there at first, first base. base. I was, yeah, I was going to have you, uh, Dave, explain what happened at the end of the last game. Okay. It's a long time. Well, first, let me just say I'm a fanboy. Uh, Jack White is one of my all-time favorite artists. And so just being able to be on a baseball field with that guy – and play against Warstick and Jack White is is an honor, and it's so much fun, and something I'll be able to talk about forever. Um, I have struck out Jack a couple of times; that felt pretty good. Um, but I did uh, he did rock he did rock me pretty good. Uh, there was one game where he actually uh, I think he took it off of the uh, center field fence uh, to tie the game, um, and then I think the uh, yeah I think it was the yeah he tied he tied the game with a double off the wall. Uh, then he, uh, somebody got a single, drove him around to, uh, for the go-ahead run, and then we had, in the bottom of the eighth inning, uh, I got a single, got on first base, there were two outs, uh, and I got picked off of first base. <laughs> but not only did I get picked off, but we, uh, Jack and I got tangled up at first base, um, and he got up off the ground and slammed his glove down right next to my face and ran off in joy. Uh, and jumps and, like and a little ce- child. Celebrated with his teammates and left me in the dirt. Um, so, uh, I don't know, but just it, it was a, that was a great moment and something I'll never forget because um, Jack White is he's legendary and uh, I love that dude. So being on a field with him is, is an incredible experience. So I'm going to assume that you picked that glove up. Did you eBay it, or do you still have it? <laughs> I, I ran away with it, yeah. Are you both going to be able to play this week? Uh, I'm going to go see the Astros versus the Rangers. Nice. And celebrate uh, our coach's in-laws' 53rd anniversary. Nice. All right. All right. I'm, I'm just disappointed. I'm not, I'm not going. There's been – Jack White lore for years within the Playboy and Playboys and and you know within Frank back in the day we we hosted the fourth ever pop up Third Man Records vinyl shop. There I remember that I was there. L A and New York and London and then Austin and it was at my little joint and uh, it was incredible. But the the Playboys stories all the years over the years have been. So great, and he's coming back to town with the team, and I'm not going to be there. Well, oh, what, what will time. you be doing? What do you What are you doing? 
I believe you're working at a festival. That's coming oh, yeah, Hot Luck. Luck. Hot Luck Fest with Aaron Franklin and the boys. That's going to be a good time. We're going to be in good. We're going to be in good shape, and that's not a bad world as we're all blessed. You know, fantastic food festival or baseball game with Jack White. So no, no one's bitching over no. here. Trust me, but I am a little sore because I am too a fanboy, and that dude's incredible. And um, I hope you all have an, an amazing time. It's going to be well, it's undoubtedly many opportunities to play worst. It sounds like your activity with the Hawks is really really coming along. You know, uh, was a catalyst in the, the birth of the Lockhart Hawks uh, a couple of months ago, and it's incredible. They've got uh, 35 acres donated to them by Two Wishes Ranch to build an in- incredible field. Lots of amazing things going on, and I moved back to Austin in six days. <laughs> so, <laughs> But in the spirit of Sandlot, I'm so happy to have been a little bit of a, a butterfly, if you will, down in Lockhart, America, and I'm going to move on and, and leave it to them, and it's in good hands. So it, nice. is, it is what it is. Brian, you got any more questions? We're, we're getting close you No, know he's got like 70, but we're out of time. What's up? I'm good. I just wanted to, I didn't realize you were the brain – the barnstorm was your brainchild. Well, no, I mean, it's definitely just took a different spin. It, it, it comes from – really from the Negro Leagues because since they – there was segregation. They had to travel to other towns to play, and usually there was music involved. Uh, I mentioned the Chitlin Circuit. It was all sort of the same thing. So at night, they would see you know folks like Lightning Hopkins and and uh, Walker, other other you know famous musicians, and then they would have a a party, a baseball game during the day, and that really resonated with us. So the barnstorm concept is definitely. Uh, something that we've taken to a, a different level in terms of, of comedic presentation. But um, those deep south barnstorms are so much fun. The I mean, yeah, that's Oxford a real misses. that's a real thing from that brings something up. It's what's your favorite barnstorm? Mm-hmm. I, I want to find out from both of you. You know, um I really um I really enjoyed the uh, just the ridiculous Galveston trip that we had. <laughs> because we saw the sun come up. Uh, yeah, on a we, day when it was 104, I mean, there was so many. We had to rent a forklift. Uh, we did for we, what? Well, we had a. There was. We decided to enter a barbecue comp- oh, competition. Right. I had to drive to Laporte to get some Boy Scout barbecue. And that was the trailer. barnstorm that we rented the mansion downtown. Yeah, we had a mansion where uh, historic mansion is amazing. Yeah, Frank Sinatra and the and the and the and the Rat Pack stayed uh, when they were playing at the Balinese, uh, famous mm-hmm. ZZ Top song and venue down there in Galveston. Um, ah, and it was just completely yeah, it was just complete chaos. Um, we entered every single. Uh, competition on the meat wise. Didn't you judge uh, I, a, a, a wet T-shirt contest or something? We did. Yeah, there was the. Uh, I just remember John Hart Ash bathing John Hart Island Ash being beauties. really pissed off. So yeah, we we kind of matched that up. Yeah, he had to cook everything, and they were, those guys were up all night. Um, <laughs> but that that game was was really that that was pretty fun. It sort of showed everybody what what a barnstorm uh, could be. Um, so that was that was a lot of fun. I mean the the rural studio barnstorms in Alabama are just you know sort of can't be replaced. But the uh, the New Orleans one, which was a weekend long game that we turned into a week and a half, or at least I did. Um, I have sort of a set list somewhere written down of all the different places and things that we did that weekend, and uh, that was by far. I think I dragged Mike Evans. Um, with me pretty early so yeah we got there on a Wednesday and like left on a Tuesday um, that one is going to be pretty hard hard to replace we that got was, that was I, I have a couple crazy Toto Santos was hard to beat I mean going to Baja to play uh, a Mexican team that I think and Jack I, I love hearing Jack tell the story and it's true um, we didn't really have a whole lot of communication with them before we went down there um, we went down there, uh, and in true Sandlot uh, fashion, uh, we wanted to make it, you know, the, put some kind of a community effort behind it. So we actually um, told them that we would help them paint their stadium that had been destroyed by a hurricane. So we showed up on a Saturday morning at the crack with, like, paint and brushes and 
uh, and both teams were going to show up, and, and, and it was going to be sort of a bonding experience, and they didn't show up. <laughs> so the Playboys painted their stadium for them, um, which was great, and then they proceeded to kick the ever-living shit out of us. Uh, I think they were a minor league team, and I think they yeah. thought the Texas Rangers minor league team was showing up. Uh, it was hysterical. Yeah, Medigliani so. spoke with their coach the night before, yeah. and then the the coach was saying in Spanish because he was the, Medigliano was the only one who yeah. spoke fluent Spanish and was saying, um, "So what's the average age? Is it like nineteen, twenty of your players?" And Medigliano was like, "Well, oh no, 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 no." So yeah, they brought we, in we small well, towards we, AAR. Well, and we threw yeah. we threw Blake Gordon who actually pitched for Auburn, right? Yeah, Blake, Blake yeah, Gordon. Yeah, he's yeah. he's like the, the probably in the and in, he's ambidextrous. I mean, like yeah, that Blake, was, but he Blake was thirty five in the in the history yeah. of the <laughs> Texas Playboys. I'd say Blake Gordon is probably hands down or probably our greatest athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, we threw him. Uh, Blake was was. Bringing, bringing the heat, and they were rocking him hard. And so I think they, they beat us 20-something to nothing. Yeah. Um, that was a fun trip. Um, but also for me, Oxford, Mississippi. Yeah, uh, that was, and, and that one that hit home great. for me because my grandparents uh, lived in Oxford. And so uh, I, I spent a lot of time as a kid in Oxford in the summers. And, and, um, and so I selfishly wanted to take the team back to Oxford um, because I knew the area and loved the area so much. And John Hart Asher also went to Ole Miss. Um, so we actually made a road trip, um, and we, we even rented, uh, Oxford actually has a double decker bus that was gifted to them by, uh, the town of Oxford, England. Um, and so we actually rented it from them and it was our, uh, weekend, uh, transportation. So all weekend long, we, we, uh, we rode around Oxford. Uh, it took us from the hotel to the square. Like um, a boss. And we, yeah, and we got to play, uh, we played, uh, the Mississippi flood at uh, Ole Miss's baseball stadium, which Swayze, yes, yeah, Swayze. While Field. they were in the College World Series, yeah. So, which and I will say, I mean, you know, I, I went to UT. I'm a Longhorn fan, and I think Dish Falk is one of the greatest, um, you know, uh, college baseball stadiums. We're in the really country. excited about Chris Del Conte setting up a game for us, right? right. Uh, but I will yeah. say that Swayze Field is one of the best collegiate uh, fields in the country, and we get to play on that field. And uh, but man, we had so much fun. Um, what was the um, what was the, the uh, bar? Dirty Dancing. No, the the bar that we went to that's out in the in the field. Oh, uh, Po Monkeys. Po Monkeys. Po, wow. Po Monkeys. Holy yeah, that cow. that was incredible. And give it up to if we can, we can do this one more time. Give it up to Charles and Gracie Mead. I took my parents with us to Po Monkeys in the middle of a field at like what two o'clock in the morning. And my this parents. isn't the middle of a field off of a road. This is the middle of a field off of a fifteen minute dirt road through fields. None of, of us field. knew if we were even on the right trail to get to Po Monkeys. Then we got there and opened up the door, and it was like, holy cow. Yeah, true sugar shack. Yeah. I mean, Hotty toddy. Uh, where did the word barnstorm come from? Did... I mean, I think it comes from, from the old Negro Leagues. Yeah. Yeah. We've been yeah. at it five years, the Austin Yardbirds, and we had our first barnstorm this past weekend up in Tulsa and played at Lacey Park at uh, historical Negro League field and um, super jealous you beat us there. I mean, because that was one of our barnstorms that did win, and we still hadn't had the game. These Tulsa motherfuckers rolled the red carpet out. Nice, yeah. unbelievable weekend. Thank you guys so much. The Rumblers, the Jesters, the the Breeze, uh, Big Derek, my new pal, Big Derek, who he cooked. He he, he smoked Friday night. Welcome, welcome deal for us. The Senators, the Grackles. Ribs, brisket, pork. He he smoked a bologna. Have you ever seen? Have you ever had a ah. smoked bologna? Unbelievable. We do you know what? Do you know what Tulsa is spelled backwards? Anyway, one of the uh, this dude uh, that played on the T Town Clowns, which was the ne- the Negro League team that played on that field, showed up to our game, um, and had a picture t shirt. He had to open his shirt to show it, but it, it picked, uh, p- picture on his t shirt of the T Town Clowns from the fifties, sixties that he played on, and he told me about the guy that hit the hit the ball on the, the, the school roof that was – I don't think that really happened. It was way too far past this already big field. But no, uh, I really want to go. Hopefully in the fall, my uh, cousin is the starting quarterback for the Tulsa – No way. Yeah, for the Golden That's Hurricanes. Awesome. They so. throw the ball so, too. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's – he's, so, we're looking uh, forward to watching this year. When we do go to Tulsa, did you guys um, make it over to the uh, Outsiders Museum? That's we, that was the first thing we did. It was supposed to be toured so by cool. Danny Boy from House of Pain, and he couldn't make it because he owns it. So cool. The other yeah. thing that was in town was the first, the inaugural uh, Black Wall Street um, biker rally, and there were over five thousand motorcycles um, celebrating 
Love it. Um, Black Wall Street and the story that not too not enough people know about. Right. Yeah. Right. No, it's a very important story of Dig it. A, a sad story in our our American history. Well, with that, let's uh, wrap this up. Um, thank you all so much for coming. And appreciate... Uh, no, thanks for letting us share time. our joy about uh, the Texas Playboys and Sandlot. Glad what you guys are... Appreciate what y'all are doing to sort of sort of capture this and, and spread the word. Because it's, uh, you know, form a team. We've got no problem. More teams, more places for us to travel. Um, Hallelujah. Yeah, 100%. Rambler Sparkling Water, Luber, Smoke Baloney, Sandlot Revolution. What could go wrong? Play ball. Yeah, and if you guys need to buy or sell real estate, I am a real estate broker in real life. So, And where would we Kirkland. find you? Uh, at the long time. <laughs> in the deep dugout. <laughs> All right. No, uh, Lauren, L-O-R-E-N-K.com. Yeah. <laughs> Our theme song is by The Tender Things, written by number 33 of the Texas Playboys, Jesse Ebal. Mm-hmm.